souls and welcome back to the Razor Vibration Podcast. I am your host, Shelby Rose. Today, I am so excited to share this conversation with you. One, because it is the conversation that I needed. Um, If you guys follow me on social media, you know that one of the things that I've been working on in 2023, slash the end of 2022, which did not go very well, let me be honest with you, is decreasing the amount of time I spend on social media. I know a lot of information about, you know, overall health, preventing mental health conditions like depression, anxiety. And and while I worked a lot on my own mental health in 2022, one of the things that I did not touch was the amount of screen time that I have. And that is one of the things that I really want to work on the beginning of this year. Ironically, the universe sent me Leah at the end of 2022. She reached out or her PR manager reached out and was like, hey, I think this would be a great fit for you. Do you want to have... hitting my microphone here do you want to have me on the podcast and I saw that she talked about social media detoxing and four-hour work days and I was like yes absolutely these are things I have not had and these are things I need to talk about so let's let's have a conversation and I love this because Leah is just one of those people who I instantly connected with she sent me her audiobook to listen to which um fire go download it now it was so relatable I felt so much of my journey in her journey and her audiobook is Confessions of an Uncaged Soul, and I'm, I just think everyone should listen to it. <laughs> it's great. Um, but I, I was, as I was listening to it, I literally binged it in one sitting on my way home to Minnesota, and I was like, wow, we're going to have a great conversation because I just feel this woman and I have such similar stories and journeys, and I think that she's going to offer a lot of really incredible insight into things that I currently am working on. So... We have a great conversation about reducing your amount of social media, about really getting intentional about your workday, um, narrowing that workday down to four hours a day if possible, right? Living the dream. And I'm not going to give any juicy details away, but definitely tune in. Okay, before we dive in, I have like three announcements. We're going to go real quick. Number one, Quantum Healing Academy closes January 29th. If you have felt the call to this program, get on my schedule to have a chat with me or book in now because we're gonna kick off the 29th. So if you have not booked your connection call, your discovery call, do so this week or next week. And if you can't get in and you can't find a time, message me on Instagram. I'm happy to find a time that works for both of us. But we just closed out the last Quantum Healing Academy, you guys, and it's been so incredible to watch the women who've gone through this program, to hear their transformations, to hear them share the experiences that they had going through this program and the shifts that have happened from the amount of their psychic and intuitive abilities that have really come online for them and how they're now able to use that in the work they're doing. It was an incredible experience teaching this for the first time, and I cannot wait for the second round of this. So definitely get on the schedule. Second announcement. I have a $500 giveaway this month. Y'all, the 300th episode, we are going to announce the winner, but you can enter to win this $500 giveaway. So the giveaway is for any of my evergreen programs or products, any of my group programs or a retreat. So you can literally get $500 off a retreat by, um, entering twin. How do you enter twin? One, leave a review and screenshot that review. Send it to shelbysetfree at gmail.com. Leaving a review will get you two entries entries into the giveaway. Additionally, you can enter multiple more times after that by 
going and screenshotting one of your favorite episodes or an episode you recently listened to that you love, tagging me on your Instagram so I know that you posted it, and that will also get you an entry. You can do that as many times as you want. So definitely get in on that. Last but not least, if you did not know, I have only one retreat that I'm hosting in 2023. I'm hosting a retreat in Breckenridge in July. We only have three spots left right now, you guys. So if you have felt called to this, please grab your spot before they're gone. I want you to get in. I want you to have that spot if you want one. I have a feeling they're probably going to fill up before like May. I know that's a ways away, but that's just that's just what I'm feeling. <laughs> um, anything else? Oh, and then I had one question come through on the retreat of like, where where would I fly into if I'm coming in? So for those of you that aren't um, familiar with Colorado, I would fly into Breckenridge. I had one of the women who's actually re- attending the retreat who lives in Colorado who's like, oh, I could probably bring a carload of people. So I would just fly into Denver, and then from there, we'll put a group chat together and kind of figure out like how we're going to shuttle up to the retreat house. The um, car rides are not included in the retreat. That's why my retreats are lower cost. It's just like a big headache for me to figure it all out. But y'all could rent a car together. You could book a shuttle. I've had people do that before. You could, you know, because there's a couple people who are going to be in Denver, there's a, um, who are coming that live in Denver, there's a potential to ride with them as well. So let's do this. Oh my God. I'm so excited. These have been such a catalyst. I'm, 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 we're almost to the episode, you guys, but these have been such a catalyst for me in 2022. I, <laughs> I've had so many people after the like last two retreats I hosted be like, Oh my gosh, your energy feels different. You can tell how much like these are transformational for you. I can't imagine the participants and yes, that's the vibe. So that is all. Let's dive into this episode, you guys. Well, Leah, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Um, Before we even hit the record, we were already getting into like the goods. um, And I'm excited to share you with the podcast audience. Before we dive into our conversation, do you want to share with the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got into doing what you're doing now? Yeah, totally. So excited to be here. Um, yeah, loved our loved our little <laughs> introductory conversation. We were like, we need to stop talking. This is too juicy for the episode. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's usually how it goes. I'm like, yeah. I just want to dive right in. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, I'm Leah Party. I'm an author and a speaker and a breathwork facilitator. I teach on things like manifestation and present moment awareness and obviously breathwork. Um, And I really came into this work because I stumbled upon it one day. So I was in the corporate world, like really, really in the grind, super workaholic, very much a perfectionist, really struggling with those things, but thinking this is how I'm going to be successful. Like this is good in a way, even though I was really stressed and anxious about it. Um, you know, just really never took time to rest and told myself that was a badge of honor, that sort of mentality. And so one day, um, I think my, I think one of my good friends actually told me to read the book, The Secret. And I started learning about all of this metaphysical stuff and spiritual stuff and, um, you know, the mind body connection. And I was just blown away that changing the way we think can change the way that life exists around us and how, and our perception changes our reality. And I thought it was crazy. So started really diving into all of that. And just about four years ago, I one day said, okay, I'm going to spend one month 
where I'm going to meditate every single day. I was also journaling. I think it was like meditation and journaling. And it was like five minutes in the morning. And then I added five minutes right before bed of meditation, just starting super small. And it was, it just started changing my life really rapidly. I started to have these little moments of calm and started to notice this inner joy that was there in those moments. And yeah, it just, it was so, um, it was so life-changing in just those short, short times. So then of course I started increasing it. And then I found breath work and got really into that. And my life has revolved around these practices and spirituality and intuition and all of that stuff um, for the past four or so years now. And so that led me to becoming a life coach because I wanted to share this with everybody. I started a blog, which eventually became my podcast, Bare Naked Soul. Um, yeah, and then it's just kind of evolved from there. I started hosting retreats and just doing all sorts of different workshops and um, you, you know, the journey, it's like, you start with one thing like, I don't do life coaching anymore. It's just evolved to all these other avenues, but yeah. It's amazing. And I think, uh, you had a very similar awakening as I did of like, or just waking up to this stuff and the, the reality that our joy is created within. And I love that you share a lot more of your story in your book. And I'm just going to say for the listeners right now, definitely go check it out. I'll link it in the show notes for all of you. Um, remind me of the name of your book. I like binge it on audible. <laughs> I can't oh, Confessions of a Confessions of an uncaged soul. Uncaged soul. Yes. I love the name too. I was like, uh, obsessed. <laughs> I binged it. Um, it was delightful. And I think we both had the similar awakening process, which I love. I, I love hearing people who've had the similar story of just realizing like I achieved everything I'm in, you know, my dream career doing, you know, checking these boxes off on the list. And I have all these, you know, stress and I was having a lot of health issues and there's all these other things. It's like, why isn't this formula that we're taught actually working for a fulfilled life? Mm -hmm. And what, what's the disconnect here? Why do I feel so disconnected? And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because it's something that's coming up for me right now is the social media addiction that a lot of us are going through and moving through. And I just downloaded, we were talking about this before we hit record. I just downloaded an app this morning and I'm testing it out to see if it's going to be one that works for me. And on the app, it told me I picked up my phone 118 times this morning or something like that. Or I was like, wait for real. And I'm not sure what the time frame was, but I haven't had this app long enough for it to be like a long period of time, right? I downloaded it maybe a day or day ago last night. It was 118 times I've picked up my phone. What am I doing? The apps are locked, but I'm still having this habit of picking up my phone just mindlessly or checking it or whatever it is. I'm just, it's an addiction. It's, it's the first thing I go to when there's downtime. Right. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of us have this experience, but we don't even realize until that number is sitting right in front of us, how often we're picking something up or looking at something mindlessly. So what what got you into looking at social media as an addiction? Yeah, well, I'm really into I'm really into intentional living and present moment living and slow living. And to to be present, I feel is what we all really want in life. You know, like mm-hmm. we all want to go on vacation, right? None of us would say no to like I'm going to Mexico right now on like a tropical trip for free, right? 
We'd be like, absolutely, I want to get away. But it's like, what are we getting away from? And I'm all about travel. Like, believe me, I think travel is great. There's nothing wrong with travel. But why do we actually want it? It's because when we're traveling, we're, we're very present. We mm-hmm. feel alive because we're present. We leave a lot of our general worries behind, right? And that's what we all want. We want to feel awake in this moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why we buy all the things and need all the next thing because we're, our mind is just telling us you need this thing and well, you need that thing. I, but if your lips were a little bigger and if you had this and that and that's and that and this new car, we want to stop the mind from the jibber jabber. So we do whatever it tells us we need to do. Mm-hmm. So what we all really want, I believe, is presence. And when you have this device glued to your hip and you're addicted to it because the, the apps have designed their um their advertising method is get people addicted to the app and spend as much time there as possible. Yes. So that has happened to us and it makes it really hard because like you said in those down anytime it's a down minute you're picking up your phone, right? We all are and it's those down moments are when we have a chance to just connect to the moment, connect to the present, breathe, like use like being a sensuality where like we're experiencing things with our senses. Mm-hmm. And so through that journey of really becoming more present, I realized my biggest hindrance that was my phone. <laughs> and so this was about a year ago, I started playing with different boundaries and um, I started like evenings, no phone weekends. Most of the time I'm not on my phone, like not, so not on social media. I'm on my phone, but not on social media. So not my phone as much, right? And yeah. that worked pretty well. That requires some discipline, sure, but that's been that's worked for me. However, I still notice, and I don't go on it first thing in the morning. It's like an hour or two after I wake up. But from the moment I open Instagram till about five o'clock, I mean, I check it probably seven thousand times, right? It's in every down moment. It was yeah. me documenting my life because that's part of what my business is, right? Yes, so <laughs> there. Totally. I'm like, and this is what we were talking about before. It's like having those boundaries this morning. I set it from like, I don't know. I had it on from 6am when I wake up to 11am, which is normally around the time I start work, which is why <laughs> when I open that app, that was on 11am or whatever it was. Uh, we won't go into that. Sorry. But I, I wanted to create a post at like 10 a.m. I had this inspiration and normally I would just open the app and start creating it. And I realized, okay, I need to create whole new systems for how I document my life and share when I'm inspired, because if I'm going to create these boundaries, it's also going to create boundaries on, I'm not just picking up my phone and talking to it the moment I'm inspired anymore, which is good. And I need to find a new solution. So have you been able to find like, because a lot of my inspiration, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to share it right now in the moment. How do you navigate that when there are these boundaries with social media? Yeah, it's a really good point. It's definitely for, for everyone listening who runs a business like this. It's, it's the biggest like challenge because I feel like I would just not be on social media if it wasn't for my business. Like, I don't think it's beneficial. <laughs> Really? Literally same. I'm like, if it wasn't, and there's like certain things that I want updates on. I was talking to my friend yesterday. We we're talking about um, like the transgender um, community is asking people not to use women with an X anymore. And I was like, well, gosh, if I wasn't on social media, how would I get any updates on, you know, making sure that I'm speaking to the people I want to speak to in an appropriate manner? Like, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't have those tools in my toolkit because I would be not on social media getting the information probably because I don't have any news outlets and I don't always think they're relaying this information, but between my business and staying up to date on like what's politically correct, that's basically all I would be on social media for. Yeah. And there is some good stuff. Like you share really good stuff, right? Inspirational stuff. So that helps people like that's good. And I think that, I think that the problem is, I mean, for one, it's so addictive. They make it addictive on purpose. You know, they they know what to show us. They TikTok you. I don't use TikTok, but they use it. Oh my God. Like the the slot. That that was why I needed to actually get put boundaries on is because I started, I, I built a whole audience on TikTok, which is amazing. It's been great. But now it is so, addic- sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm like, oh my God, this is actually my problem is TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing that they, they use the slot machine method where the reason you're addicted to slot machines, some people are, is, or why people play the slots is because you're not winning every time you're waiting for, it's like this, um, it's like, you don't know when that next win is going to be. So it keeps you guessing. So TikTok shows you videos they know you aren't going to like on purpose. So your mind is looking for that next hit of dopamine from that next video you are going to like. You know, this is like essentially targeted towards children. I mean, you know, obviously young adults and and all types of people use TikTok, but like we don't know the effect of this on children's brains. We don't even know the No, we do. We do. I'm reading Dr. Amen's book and this is why like um he's got a book called The End of Mental Illness and it's talking about how video games, which I think a lot of social media, like we, I go into the same, I know when I play like a video game, I go into a very similar state when I'm on TikTok mentally. So it reduces blood flow to the prefrontal cortex. There's like research around what screen time is doing to our brains. We do kind of know on some level, maybe not yet of what TikTok specifically is doing, but to me, it's, I go into the same brain, like zombie-ish state when I'm playing video games, it feels like I want that next hit. I want that next, like, I just played video games with my brother over Christmas because we did this as kids. And I was, I'm like, oh my God, I, I see what's happening here brain-wise. I feel like a zombie. I'm like, oh, give me the next, give me the next. Yeah. And then another similarity with video games and with all of it is it's like, well, the video games that are where you're with different players around, like you're, you're playing with people, but they're not in the room with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, World yes, or whatever. It's yep. giving you this false sense of connection. So mm. you, you are isolating yourself. And then the more isolated you are, the more likely you are to become addicted to these things. And then you're less likely to reach out to people in real life. And it creates FOMO. It leads to higher rates of depression and anxiety. It's increasing eating disorders. Mm. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. And like there is there was a study on um, attention span, which is this is a big thing for me, because obviously, like I'm trying to channel creative content. And every time that we are distracted, such as your phone, right, looking on Instagram, even getting like a text, you're distracted. It takes the average person 23 minutes to regain their focus. So imagine being distracted all day long. What like we're losing our creativity, like you know, that's yeah, not good. Yeah. And when you think about it, and like too, is if you can cut down, and I know one of the things you've done in your own business is cut down to a four-hour workday, which I think is completely possible for myself if I didn't like pick up my phone 27 million times a day. I know it's possible because I know how much like 
my attention span just is like me, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. How much more productive it could be. And then the thing I thought about with that is like, what, what, what do I, how do I actually want to spend my life? And I'm sure this is something that like you had a, a epiphany moment with, because I don't want to look up back on my life and think, wow, I love how much time I spent scrolling through TikTok videos. Like, love TikTok. I think it's a great app, but like, I don't need to spend my entire day doing that. I would much rather like work for four hours and then go for a hike or do anything other than <laughs> scroll on TikTok. Like, the reality is that's what I'm spending the majority of my life right now, mm-hmm. it's which so is insane if you actually like digest that. Yeah. And we all, the thing is, we all agree. Everyone, not everyone, but like if you survey a group of people, most of them are going to say, I would like to spend less time on social media, mm-hmm. despite how much time they're spending on it. They would like to spend less time, but how do we do that? And so um, I'm really interested in the app that you're using. I, I really want to hear more about that. Um, I, I was telling you earlier, I just got in the mail, a locking box from Amazon. You like lock your phone in this box and set a timer. So this is my first time right now. My phone is downstairs locked in a box. First time ever using it. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm all about the strategies. Cause right now I'm in the same boat, like, or in the brand new boat where I am trying to figure out how have you done it up until now? Have you just said like, no, I'm not going to go on my phone. So I've had the like evenings off my phone, weekends off my phone. In terms of like the four hour work day, it definitely takes like intentionality. So I normally do time blocking. So Mm. I will have a few things I need to get done that day. And I'll either make a to-do list and write down how much time each thing will take or give myself like one hour to do this task, one hour where I'm going to do these tasks, one hour, you know, and block the things off. And yeah, if you take out, if you take out like the times of just checking everything, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people could do it. I mean, they say the average person in a, you know, nine to five job is productive for maybe four, maybe six hours of the time. Yeah. So we aren't, and we know, especially with social media, we aren't productive for eight hours a day. That's, mm-hmm. that's beyond the capacity of our brain. So it just takes the intentionality of saying like, here are the things I'm going to work on and here are the times and the hours. Um, and then I have one thing that's helped me a lot is I have like a phone, a cell phone holder, like the old school phone holder, like in my kitchen. So I, my phone kind of lives there mm. and I went other places in my house. I don't always have it with me, but lately it has been really bad, which is why I got this lockbox because, um, I took a break from social media for 10 days, um, last week. And I like I'm writing a poetry book right now and I wrote like so many poems. I, I was mm. at my creative peak because yeah. I was, was able to focus. Yeah. Yeah. I can see this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in the place where I'm like, I need this to be like taken away from me. <laughs> like I need someone to like, and this is so the app that I just found and it was I had downloaded it and then I, I surveyed my Instagram to see like, what are other people using? And I actually got some good suggestions. I will, maybe I can get into the screenshot I took while we're on the recording to share this, but Opal was the one, Opal, O-P-A-L was the one that I had downloaded that it was kind of like, is it going to be worth like paying? I think it's a hundred dollars for the year or something like that, which like Honestly, if you're giving me hours of my life back, I feel like it's worth it. I just wanted to know it was worth it. One of my friends who's really into like intentional living shared that that's the one she uses. But the nice thing about it is you can pick which apps 
on your phone you want to block off and set like a working, like a time block essentially, like, which is what I do with working too. But the issue is, is when I'm time blocking and my phone's next to me, mm-hmm. I'm not really time blocking. I'm picking up my phone throughout that time block. And so you can say like, okay, these are the apps that are locked, which I like because if I'm going to receive a text message from someone or I have an important you know, text message come through from like a family member or phone call, I'd like to receive those, but not be able to open like I, the things I check stupidly are my email and my social media. Like I will just open them up multiple times throughout the day. And I know there's nothing new there. I know there is nothing that's urgent in those two places, but I do it constantly. And so I have like eight apps blocked, which are like the social media and then the email. And there was maybe a few other ones that I wanted to block, which I like, and you can do it for chunks of time. So, so far first day, (laughs) it's been great. Um, And then the other ones that people suggested, and I did not know you could do this, but in your phone, you can actually put limits on apps of like how much time you can spend on them a day. So you can go through your social media apps if you have an iPhone and block them off. And then the other thing someone said was app block, which I haven't looked into at all to see if it's like a free app or if it's a paid app or what, what that might be. Okay. Because last time I tried the settings in the iPhone, I thought like, this is it. This is great. But you can just hit add more time. Oh, yeah. See, I need I need something very strict being like. No, Shelby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like it's physically impossible for you to do this. Yes, I. I, I just learned this, that there's certain people who have addictive personalities. Like there's like 25% of the population who's highly addictive, 50% that's like moderately addictive and 25% just doesn't get addicted to anything. And I was like, I am in the high 25%. Like it, it has been healthy addictions. It has been unhealthy addictions, but the, the addictive brain is me. And it's in my family too. It's genetic. Like I see it in my family too, but it's like, I have that highly addictive. So I need someone to be like, absolutely not Shelby. Like you cannot open this phone for the next how many hours or you can't go on these apps for the next how many hours. Cause it is, it's like addictive. Yeah. More, more dopamine. Yes. It's crazy. I definitely think I have an addictive personality as well. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of high achievers probably do. Cause it's like, it feels like society is like a normal, healthy addiction to be addicted to achievement and work, which like, yes, more and more more, but it's just another form of addiction. Mm -hmm. Is there a way we can make ourselves less of an addictive personality or is that just done? It's done. We can't. So I'm not sure the, so I am reading this book right now, which is, I'm so geeking out about all of it and we can change our brain. So we can actually change how well our brain functions. And I think part of addictions is how our brain, like the blood flow, how well it's like the energy, the neurons, like how everything is actually firing. So I think there is some capacity to change it. I just don't know if we're born with it, if it's genetic, if it's combination of everything. that I'm still figuring out, but I think there is the capacity to change it and make it a more stable brain. Cause I know for myself, this came in stronger after I had a head injury. And like, that's one of the things that you it's connected to is like my ADHD, my brain fog, my, like all of that came on after I had a concussion. Um, and now I'm like, Oh, I can actually heal some of this and get back to more of my baseline where it's maybe a little less on the addictive side. (laughs) 
Wow. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. There's a big connection between that, which is, I think it's all tied together. So yes, I think the answer is yes. I just think that there are also the personality types that tend to run a little bit more on the addictive side. Yeah. 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 It's wild. Oh, so crazy. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, we're going to have to give each other feedback after you use the app for a little while. And I use this locking box. We'll kind of reconnect. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Please let me know. <laughs> the box does so if there's a slide there's like a little opening where like if you get a phone call you can answer your phone which is nice nice. yeah Um, so that's good I other than that I like if I had known about the apps I probably would have went that route first I don't know yeah. We'll find out what's better. Cause then there is the still picking up the phone out of habit and noticing that, but it's, I'm putting it on the other side of the room and letting it play music. So like some reason the music helps remind me that it's like meant to be playing music, not like sitting in my hand. I don't know. Just those little like cues. So we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep the audience posted on as well as on what works. Yes. Ironically, you can follow us on Instagram to find out the juice. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> truth. (laughs) Oh, this was the other thing I was going to ask you. So I know you, you typically have evenings off of your phone when you've been getting in it. Do you get inspiration in the evening? And then is there a way for you to kind of keep track of that or record it in real time? How do you create content? And, or is it just during that time block that you create content? And then after that, your brain is kind of like, okay, we're done with work for the day. That's, that part of my brain is shut off? Or do you still get those creative downloads that you're like, oh, I really want to share this with my community? How do you navigate that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So most of my downloads, my downloads almost never come when I'm actually like working, like on my computer, on Instagram, they come when I'm like in the moment. So like if I'm relaxed, you know, if I'm outside, Mm -hmm. if I'm on a hike, if I'm reading and just like, you know, drinking my cacao, like relaxing, that's when I get all the downloads. Um, doing yoga meditation is a huge one breath work. So, um, normally what I do before the pre lockbox era, I would just write it down in the notes section of my phone, like write down a post. Um, my, when a poem comes in, write that down, like store them all Mm -hmm. there. Um, if it's something where I want to like talk about it on Instagram, I'll usually kind of like either text myself, like a reminder or like write it down that I wanted to like riff on this topic or whatever. Um, I normally don't like post it at the time of inspiration just because, um, yeah, it usually doesn't come in during the time when I'm like working. Yeah. So now what I'll probably start doing either is like put it like if it's a poem that comes to me or something I want to write down, I'll either do it on my computer or like in my journal mm. and then just share it later. Yeah. I almost need like, I think like a notebook just to record all of the ideas and inspiration as they come in. And I think as you're talking to, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many people who are like, how do you have creative downloads all the time? Or how do you have ideas all the time? And while I am still addicted to my phone, I think this is a great like conversation to really explore of how much of your time you're spending in that rest relaxation somewhere where the creative downloads can actually come through versus how much time we're spending consuming content or scrolling or doing activities that don't really allow the space for that creativity. And a lot of times for me, at least the creativity comes going through the boredom. Like Mm -hmm. you, you have to go through that portal of being like a little uncomfortable with, Oh, what do I do now? 
because I'm not picking up my phone or scrolling for whatever, what am I going to do now? Or even like at the beginning of a hike, I had like all these ideas and swirling thoughts and little, 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 my brain is chattering. And then all of a sudden I just feel like there's this moment where it kind of like click into flow state. And for me, hiking is a big way that it, like my creativity comes through and it's like all of a sudden I'm, I'm present and I'm in my body and I'm connected. So I love that you shared this because for some reason this clicked in my brain. I was like, we have to also look at how much time we're spending consuming if we're really struggling with that creative process. Yeah. I so agree. Hiking for me, anything in nature, yes, um, <laughs> meditation, any type of stillness, that boredom, that's mm-hmm. the time when like you're connecting to your intuition and it's easier for those downloads to come through because you're not consuming someone else's. And I, yes. I'm a big believer that we all have intuitive abilities. I think that's innate in all of us. We are all creative. You know, I don't believe that there are people who just can't be creative. I used to think I was, I used to say this all the time. I'm not creative. Yes. You shared this in your book. And I was like, yeah, I so relate to this. Literally. I didn't think I was creative. I thought that's not me. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. That is ridiculous. Everyone is creative. It's just taking the space to allow that to come through. And also like if anyone's also kind of struggling with getting that started, try setting an intention. When you go on a hike, like set an intention to have the answer come through to something that you're struggling with or some type of, maybe you want to start up like some type of creative hobby or something like let set the intention for that to come through. And you'll be surprised at like, what's going to come through. Mm, I love that. And then creating the space, getting off the apps. <laughs> Get off the apps. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I want to pivot a little bit into, I'd love to chat about the four hour work day that you've created for yourself and tell, tell the listeners a little bit, what does your like work day look like? Like, what do you do in a day? What are those four hours? Like how much are you actually working in a week for your business? Yeah, totally. So I do the four hour work day, Monday through Thursday, Fridays. Sometimes I'll work a little bit in the morning. If I like maybe I didn't record a podcast episode that week. So I'll record a podcast episode or like I'll go on Instagram and share things, but, um, it's mainly Monday through Thursday. And actually Wednesdays. Now I go to a co-working day. So I have like three girls. Um, so there's four of us total who run similar businesses. One's a doula, one's a hypnotherapist, one's an astrologist. Like we get together and we work on our businesses, but if I'm being really honest, we don't get a whole lot done. (laughs) We get a lot of like really good deep conversations, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of validating each other and like bringing up things that we're struggling with that we have questions on or that we are unsure about in our businesses and and reflecting those with the group. So it's like, it's more like a brainstorming mastermind kind of day than like a work day. Amazing though. Yeah. It's really, really good. And I, it took me a while to cultivate that. It really came from, you know, meeting people through like networking and stuff like that. And then Mm -hmm. saying to them, Hey, come to my house on Wednesday, like making it a thing and then making it a consistent thing. Um, and so, so really Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, um, I'm doing my tasks and I kind of, I have a system that I really like where I have like a little, uh, I use Gmail for everything. So it was like the the Google calendar and I have like a little, um, task that says tasks like a a calendar activity on those days. And so I'll have in there the key activities I do that day. 
And so mm. I kind of know what I'm going to work on each day. And then I'll put in other things as I'm like, oh, I need to do that. Let me plug that in. And then the day of, I normally do like a lead to-do list. So I'm really tuning into like, okay, what do I really feel called to work on today? And then I make a to-do list based on that and some other practical things that like I have to do. And then, yeah, I'll do the time blocking. So normally in the morning, I um, wake up at six with my husband because he goes to a day job and we like to get up together and, you know, go to bed together and everything. And I start with a little bit of reading and then I do some meditation and breath work. I'll usually do yoga too. Um, and then I'll make breakfast and then I'll kind of start the work day, maybe around like, I don't know, like 8.39, do an hour or two before lunch, take a lunch break, do an hour or two after. Um, love going on hikes. You know, it's like a big part of my life too. So I do that a lot of the time in the afternoon where I read or I write or you know, hang out, <laughs> make dinner. I love like cooking and baking. So yeah, mm -hmm. I just kind of plug the hours in usually like two hours in the morning and two hours in the afternoon might be a little bit more some days. Like if I have a podcast interview or two, then like that's might be extra, might be not extra, might be count as mm -hmm. one of the hours, but yeah. And then, um, what I don't count usually into that is like, like, well, social media time. So like one of my tasks might be like, make that real that I've been thinking about or whatever. But then, yeah, there's definitely still a lot of time where I'm like picking up my phone, looking at it. So yeah, yeah. that's what I'm like really working on right now is like cutting that time back. Cause mm -hmm. that's probably like, you know, that goes into afternoon time. Like, let's say I'm going on a hike. I'll like I'll drive there and I'll park. And then I'll like check instead. Like why? <laughs> yes, that that's like the why. And I've been just this first day that I've had it. I'm like, I wanted to bring my phone to the bathroom with me so that I could check it while I went potty. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I do this all the time. I don't even realize I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, let me go check it my apps quick while I'm going to the bathroom. Why? Why do you need anything? It's two minutes in the bathroom that you're. I'm not being productive. It's not like, a, oh, I'm going to go create content. It's like, a, I want to go scroll or check, you know, did I get any new messages? Did my latest TikTok go viral? Like, yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. You, don't need, you don't need to to do all that. Yeah. And I know for me, a lot of it is is a serious addiction to the validation. Oh, absolutely. One like million percent. Dopamine. Ooh. Yeah. Notification. And they say that, that that's how they made the app so addictive is those and I don't have any of my app notifications on. So I have to physically go into the app to actually see them, which has been helpful because I'm not seeing things pop up all day. And that overwhelms me and overstimulates me. But I still want to like go check if I have the notifications within the app because it's like that dopamine hit. And they say that's like part of the addiction of the social media apps is it creates that dopamine every time you get a new like little red bing, bing on your phone. Yeah. Ugh. wild yeah well, is there anything else around social media around your work day around the work that you do in general because I know you also do teach breath work still is that a part of so you have a breath work certification program tell us actually a little bit about the work that you are doing right now like you said you transition out of life coaching what is it that you're currently working on inspired by teaching tell us a little bit about that yeah. So, um, a couple of different things. I do some in-person stuff. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I do some in-person workshops. 
sometimes I'll go to like, a, um, sometimes I'll be a facilitator for somebody else's event. They'll like, I'll come and teach breath work or whatever. Um, sometimes my own events. So that's like one part of it. I do breath work workshops, usually like once a month or so online. I do like a breathe and flow workshop, which is intuitive dance and breath work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have my breath work Academy, heal breath work Academy, where I facilitate, like I teach other people to become certified breath work facilitators. And then I'm writing my book. So I have like, I have my memoir that I released in June, um, which you read on audible. And then I have my poetry book that I'm working on right now. So mm-hmm. yeah. This, Amazing. This, yeah. Amazing. Well, uh, I'm going to link your Instagram. Is there anywhere else that people you'd like people to connect with you if they're feeling called to connect with you or follow your journey, um, anywhere else that you hang out? That's basically it. It's Instagram. Yeah. And, and you have your podcast. Yeah. My podcast, Bare Naked Soul. Bare Naked Soul. Perfect. We'll link both of those in the show notes for you guys. If you have any questions, please reach out to Leah or myself. Thank you guys all for being here. And thank you for being here and sharing your time and energy with us, Leah. Thank you. This was so fun. So fun. (laughs) 